Welcome to the Shadow Body Podcast, where inappropriate conversations get to happen. Conversations, stories, rejection, bring the darkness to light, the shadow body podcast. Where inappropriate conversations get to happen. Not everything is inappropriate here, but I just like a little room to play in it, just in case. Um, I recognize that not everything that I share uh, lands for some people, and that's okay. I just don't want to dim my light or shut my voice off for the sake of others. And so this is my practice with authentic expression, and it's my hope that it inspires you to do the same. We're all storytellers. We all get to speak. We get to say whatever we want. So let's do that. Now today I have an amazing episode. I have been trying to record this episode for weeks and after many attempts, completely unsatisfied, I decided to walk away and come back when I was ready. And today is the day that I'm totally ready, which so unplanned, so unexpected, but here I am. And this is more integrated now, putting the pieces together, um, not so enraged or activated, still in a place of rage, but I'm not overwhelmed by my emotions. So I can deliver the message in a way that feels good for me and hopefully you as well. So today I actually find myself in this soup of rage still, but really just allow, allowing myself to be here. Like my thoughts have been taking me in places too big for my little body. And it's been a lot. Like I'm totally motivated to serve here. And also I have to remember that I too have to make sure that I don't break. With everything going on in the world, like I have to make sure that I'm not falling apart first and foremost because of it. So I have to be careful with what I'm taking in, where I'm bringing my attention, and not everything is for me to channel, especially here. So from the outside, I'm I'm being reminded that I'm essentially killing it in life. And this is huge for me. Like with the history of mine, I actually never believed I would find myself in a supportive partnership with a stable home and money in the bank. These were things that were like so far out of my own periphery. And it's not that I didn't feel worthy of these things. My body did not understand how to make it work without someone relying, without relying on someone else rather. So what felt more familiar was the terror and capacity I had to lose everything in in an instant. And most of the time it was because I needed to sabotage it all to remind myself I was too broken to have any of it. Over the last few months, there have been scenarios surrounding women in particular that have caught my attention, like wholeheartedly. 
not only has the Roe versus, Roe versus Wade overturn, like karate kicked me in the gut, but I have especially been observing these women that have been proclaimed to be crazy or out of their mind. And not only this, but they have been put on display to be shamed and exploited for the whole world to see. And like, this is what's grabbing me right now. This is what I want to talk about. Can we please talk about the public display of Amber Heard? Her entire court case with Johnny Depp and how it's been obsessively watched all over the internet. And when I say obsessively watched, I mean like people took work off. The whole world used every single gesture, every word she said, and absolutely anything they could get their hands on to turn her into a monster. And that's exactly what they did. She has officially been exposed as a liar, a cheat, a psychopath, an abuser, a narcissist. And the list goes on. Now, I'm not saying that none of these are true. I'm just appalled at the lengths people went through to make this true. I'm shocked at the human experience sometimes, a lot of the time, where we feel so called to go out of our way to shame a woman at this degree. Does anyone even care that she too is a person with lived experience? Or is it absolutely necessary to punish her for all that we believe she has done wrong based on what we see on television? I'll probably say this a million times. No one knows her story but her. And until you have lived in her body, how can you think it's okay to tear someone down like that? I mean, I don't care who you are. How we, as individuals, glaringly stare at the and dissect someone's life, this is one of my biggest triggers. And of course it is. I've been exposed and exploited. Yes, yes, I get it. So this is my personal journey in this lifetime. The intention we hold to tear someone down is going to be the death of me. And I'm here for it. (laughs) I'm here for it. Another instance that rattled me was the bad vegan documentary where this restaurant owner in New York was manipulated and conned into giving millions of dollars away to this man who had Her believing she was playing some, I call it an extraterrestrial game that needed her to commit for her own heavenly destiny, like some lavish destiny, I don't know, to reveal itself to her. So she had to play this game. They were all watching and she needed to partake in order to receive everything she ever dreamed of. She was going to heaven, essentially. 
So this man took her for a ride, and when she completely lost her shit, understandably, people wondered why in the hell she would allow something to go on in the way that it did if she wasn't facilitating herself, right? So there were videos of her having emotional breakdowns while hiding in the hotel rooms, and for some reason, she was still being asked the question, like, why didn't you stop it? What's wrong with you, really? So it it was that moment I had a glass of wine. I was sitting on the couch. I realized that I, too, was a victim of psychological abuse. Like, And even though my psychiatrist told me this many years ago, I was too consumed by my own shame and guilt to see that I was the victim, right? So unless you've been manipulated to this degree, you can't fathom the level of stress that this has on you. And so you'll, you will not understand why a person can go along with such events or behave so erratically. Like, you can't. I, too, had a psychotic breakdown at one point, and it lasted for years. And the truth is, no one could support me in it. They just couldn't. They couldn't understand me. They couldn't communicate with me. And they weren't ready. They, they weren't given the manual for understandable reasons. So they had to watch someone they love spiral down into God knows where and ask questions like, would she come out alive or is this it for her, right? Like, is this the end? I imagine there was a feeling of helplessness. And it's far too unbearable when witnessing your loved one fall apart at the seams. But I do have to say that I obviously came out of this disaster alive, and that's why I'm here, able to talk about it now. It does mean, however, that my life consists of repeated action to support my nervous system. It also means that I cannot entertain old family members or people of the past that do not wish to move on. Yes, I caused harm in many ways. Yes, I made enough mistakes to be ashamed of. But I believe I deserve a life worth living. And in order to do that, it is up to me and only me, to create the environment that helps me thrive. So there are certain people that don't understand this, and that's just not for me to help them figure out. How I currently deal with the aftermath of psychological and physical abuse is quite subtle, and sometimes so magnified in moments of stress. The most common are my horrifying nightmares and midnight terrors. I I used to shake profusely in my sleep when I first met my husband, and he'd place his hands on my body to support me in the middle of the night. I know, bless him. It's not so bad now, but like I still have this residual um, energy at times. So when I feel like I'm being caged in or suffocated in my environment, it's the whole walls closing in sensation. My body goes into freeze mode where I have to retreat in my bed for days. And I'm 
much better at getting out of this state and the times that it happens are less frequent. And more, more recently it happened while briefly living with my in-laws. The part of the part that gets hard is, is convincing myself that my body is naturally responding and needs exactly what it needs in this moment. There is like no need for explanation. So yeah, I just have to convince myself a lot of the time that, hey, you get to be here. It's not forever. You're good. You're good, boo. So how I treat my body is essential. And there's no overworking, no working out too much. And lack of sleep will effectively set me over the edge. In fact, how much I sleep is questionable, maybe a little absurd. I'm still working on releasing the guilt for that. In a productive society that glorifies getting the most done, it's bodies like mine that feel totally insufficient. There's not a whole lot of cushion, right, or or room for anyone or anything recovering from trauma or abuse. Thank God for my privilege I had along the way and to get me here, but I'm well aware that this is not the case for most people. For a lot of people, for most people. The biggest thing that I have to deal with is the constant ridicule from family members. And I receive messages every once in a blue moon. I still receive abusive messages that I ignore. And have, I have to. I have for many years. It's their assumption that I am ignoring them because I am selfish and completely self-centered. In fact, I just cannot put my body through something like that. I, I don't know if I ever will. I made this agreement with myself that I would not be forcing my own nervous system to be doing any unnecessary labor for those who are just never going to understand. And I'm fully okay with that. I'm, I'm totally okay with that decision. Now, what I really want to drop into today is my abortion story. At 34 years old, I'm going to talk about something that happened 10 to 15 years ago. This is when I was newly finding my way out of drug addiction, an abusive relationship, and essentially five years of continuous trauma to the body. And when I moved to a different state to start my life over, I did whatever I could to find a sense of relief. Anything. I had no money, not a roof over my head, and I was sleeping in my friend's bed because she was staying at her boyfriend's most of the time anyway, and I couldn't even put food in my my body, like proper food. And I was definitely still drinking a lot. I reconnected with an old high school acquaintance and there was an immediate sense of security because he had the home, the car, enough money to take care of us both. We were out at sushi one night and he said he he would love to pay for us because he knows that I don't make nearly as much money as he does. And <laughs> I can't tell you how good 
that felt for me in that moment. I still remember the shoulders dropping, the sense of relief, the exhale. And so this level of safety, right, the basic needs was vital for my life. And at that stage, all I needed was an ounce of safety. I, I was struggling to let go of the ex. It was horrible. And even though it was frustrating for my newish boyfriend, um, he still remained in the relationship. He still took care of me. And so when I got pregnant, it was so unexpected. I, I could barely function on my own. And my reality was so convoluted. I, I had no idea how or when I got pregnant. Well, I mean, I know how, but I wasn't in control of my body. I wanted connection, a glimpse of validation, and just someone to care about me. So I got really close to him. And when I found out I had zero connection to the magic that comes when expecting a child, it was nothing but a burden, honestly. I couldn't even afford the termination and had to scramble to find the funds. And he was given a ride by my cousin to obtain the medication. And so then I could go home to terminate the pregnancy in the bed, in my friend's bed, actually. So there was no grief, no sadness, just a one-way mindset. I had to do what I had to do. There was no other option. So because I had very little capacity to feel what was actually occurring inside of my body due to years of an overstimulated nervous system, this process needed to happen. If I was meant to have this baby while deeply traumatized and incompetent to raise it, who knows where I or that baby would be. With as many times as I almost lost my own life, how could I have been available to say to save another now i'm at a stage where i am able to consider my steps towards motherhood and to tell you the truth bringing a child into this mayhem feels less appealing every single day but i'm grateful that i waited to get my own life back right like to give myself a chance to find my soul, my purpose, like why I want to be here. There was only one choice in my eyes. Terminating my pregnancy was the choice. It was the only thing that needed to happen. So let me put all this together in the only way that I know how. I put multiple scenarios together in this episode. The Amber Heard case, the Bad Vegan documentary, and the Roe versus Wade overturn. Do you see where our women are struggling? Without even discussing our horrific history, treating women as incompetent and unworthy of equal rights, do you see how much we are still in this mentality? Not just men. Women too. So in a place where women are celebrated only if they can keep up, and if they cannot, there is nowhere to go for help. 
don't show yourself to be crazy either in any way because they will ask, what is wrong with you? Even our victims. If you don't choose right, you have no right to choose at all. Maybe this Roe versus Wade overturn is asking us to consider all the places where we don't actually support our women, our, our mothers or daughters and sisters. There are so many layers to this for me, and I'm, I'm still processing. What I know for sure is that this world doesn't leave much room for women at all. There's literally no fucking room. And to me, it feels like the walls are actually closing in. Don't you feel it? What's it going to take for us to stop tearing our women down? What's it going to take for us to unpack these oppressive systems inside of our own bodies and it starts with us like how we are tearing our sisters down our other women down and marginalized communities down let's take a look at our own bodies our own behavior first where is your attention going Because someone like Amber Heard has been through something to feel and behave in the way that she does. I'm not saying she's perfect. But she deserves to be treated like a human being. And what do you think all of this attention, this ridicule, this harassment is going to do to her little body. It's not going to make any of it better. Is it something to laugh about? Because I feel mortified. How are you treating your women? What are your expectations of yourself as a woman. Come back to the simplicity of it. I hope that this made sense. I hope it it resonated in a way that helped you see the connection here that I see and feel. Maybe I'm just totally off my rocker, but there's something here for me. And if you've listened in, I I would really appreciate your feedback and your comments and how this resonates or doesn't resonate with you. I just, I'm always grateful to know like what's going on on my end and, and how it lands. So if you've been listening, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful that you're on this journey with me. 
This is another episode of the Shadow Body Podcast. Hopefully there's many more for as long as I'm allowed to use my voice and use this platform. Um, Yeah. So wherever you are in the world, so much love to you. Thanks for listening. The Shadow Body Podcast. What high is my shadow?